Welcome to 2018, my friends. We are here. Another year. Congrats, we've made it. I am so excited to present to you the first episode of 2018 with Jason Niemer. I mean, what better way to ring in the year to talk about one of my favorite things in the entire world, acro yoga? You're probably all like, ah. You talk about this all the time. What is this thing? Well, hopefully you're interested in what this thing is because today we're going to be talking all about acro yoga because Jason Emer is the co-founder of it. Jason has been blessed to have many great teachers on his path. His family was always very supportive of his many passions and his younger brother brought him into gymnastics and from there he found acrobats playing at the gym and was hooked on both. During his teenage years he trained with some of the top Russian and Bulgarian acrobatic masters competing among the best acrobats in the world inspired his practice and taught him about humility. In 1991, after four years of dedicated practice at the age of 16, Jason represented the US at the World Championships of Sport Acrobatics in Beijing. In 1996, he performed acrobats in the opening ceremony at the Olympic Games. This man is amazing. Yoga came to him in his last semester of university in 2001. After that, first class, there was no looking back. Connection to the breaths and the lifestyle philosophy of yoga fills him with so much joy and new ideas of how to bring his past passions into a new form. Currently, he travels to teach, study and bring communities together. He believes that this practice can be used as a tool to heal and connect people in playful dance that can promote global peace. I 110% agree with that last statement. I think acro yoga really can serve as a tool to heal and connect people in playful dance that can promote global peace. If I have felt more peaceful this year, I I owe a lot of it to the the art form of acro yoga. This is not this is not a workout, you guys. This is not me talking about my fitness goals and how acro yoga is a fitness goal. Sure, it is moving my body and it is getting stronger, but acro is one of the first things I've ever done where work out it doesn't even pop in my mind it's just play it's just enjoyment and jason is here to talk about the beauty of acro yoga in this podcast and we have a really fun dialogue around the feminine the masculine and how this serves as as this physical manifestation of these energies that are happening within our bodies and it's a way to actually live that energy out in a physical form. So, if that's confusing right now, don't worry, we'll explain all of that in this episode. But before we head on over to that, here's the review of the week. This comes from Little Miss Bodybuilder and she says an amazing discovery with five stars. What an amazing find. I went from listening to about three other podcasts to listening to just this one. I absolutely love Maddie and all of her awesome guests. They provide such insight and helpful tips that I resonate with and it has helped me gain a new outlook on life. From being depressed, recovering from an eating disorder and dealing with severe anxiety, I now wake up looking forward to starting my day with the Mind Body Musings podcast and take on the day with a positive attitude. Thank you so much Maddie with all that you have provided me. I look forward to listening and continuing to grow within myself. Thank you little Miss Body Builder. I appreciate this comment more than I probably could explain. That means so much to me. So thank you so much for leaving this review. 
and for sharing with me how the podcast has affected you and, and waking up every morning looking forward to starting your day with a show. That's just, just so heartwarming to me. If you guys are big fans of the podcast, all you listeners out there, and you haven't left a review, that's just a wonderful way for you to help the show to grow because iTunes, well, that's the currency of iTunes. More reviews equals higher ranking, which means more people are exposed to the, the album artwork, which means more clicks on the show and more people get exposed to these wonderful guests and all the insight we bring to the show. So all you have to do to do that is open your iTunes app and click ratings and review, leave a review and let me know your thoughts on the show. Maybe if it's five star review, I'll read it on the podcast. Last two announcements for this is one, this podcast is sponsored by Audible. So if you want to get a free Audible trial, which means a free book and 30 days free of using Audible, go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings. We talk about a few books in this show. So if you're interested in those books we talk about or any books we've talked about in the past episodes, audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings will get you a free audiobook. So you can listen to that book in the car while you're at the gym. Pretty much wherever you may be that you do not want to be reading a physical book, Audible Trial is there for you. The very last thing that I will mention before we head on over is the other show sponsor, and that would be Beauty Counter. If you are interested in learning more about safer skincare, let me know. And if you want to just go ahead and dive on deep into seeing what Beauty Counter has to offer, you can go to beautycounter.com slash Madeline Moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N. Madeline Moon. And over there, you can check out all the wonderful products that they have for using on your body, such as body wash, face wash, um, makeup remover, mascara, body oil, everything you could imagine, everything you could think of. And they very often have exclusive products that are just seasonal if you want to look into those and see what goodies they have available right now. Some of my favorite things from Beauty Counter include the Counter Match, which is a wonderful foundation, but also very protective for the skin. I religiously use the Charcoal Bar, which is a wonderful soap bar for detoxifying the skin cells. Very simple, very effective. And then the last thing I'll say that I absolutely adore is the rose water spray. I will spray that on my face probably three times a day. It's just a wonderful refresher for the face. A little bit of brightening happening with it. I highly recommend you look into those, those three products. But if you are interested in learning about other products, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'd be happy to help you along. And if you want to join my team, don't hesitate to reach out and ask me what is this Beauty Counter thing all about? How do you create a business with Beauty Counter? I would be happy to share more about that with you. Okie dokie, as much as I know you guys love to hear about the show sponsors and the intros, I think it's about time we head on over to this magnificent podcast interview with Jason Niemer, co-founder of Acroyoga. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie 
Patty Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. All right, guys, we are here back for another episode. This is episode 185, and I'm here with Mr. Jason Niemer to talk about... Acro yoga, which I talk about all the time on this podcast. And I thought, you know what? It's just about time where I actually sit down with the co-founder, or maybe not sit down together, but e-sit down with the co-founder of Acro Yoga so we can talk about why this art form is so magnificent and helps you create more connection with other human beings and helps you to surrender while you also learn how to gain more body awareness and control and all of the beautiful, beautiful things and why I have created basically a very healthy obsession with acro yoga. <laughs> so I am, I'm so delighted to have you on the podcast today, Jason. Welcome. Thank you so much for the musical intro. I like that you sing as you speak and I'm super honored to be here. Yeah, I like to bust out in either singing or random accents. I never really know which one it's going to be, but it depends on what I'm talking about, I suppose. Um, well, yeah. I like Russian accents. If you can do some Eastern European or Russian, I'll throw that in. I Okay, that's so funny you say that because on <laughs> when I do Instagram stories, I'll just be talking and I'll either go into like this midwestern accent and i have no idea where that even comes from or it'll be russian and my russian i can't do it on cue but maybe if, if it just comes <laughs> if the moment comes yeah exactly. all, all all i have is a borat accent and i'm going to spare you and your listeners my borat accent i'll just keep it jason Niemer. darn i'm actually pretty jealous that we don't get to hear that is there any time any conversation where that specifically comes out that i need to look for uh anytime i give a high five i like <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, so cool. So one of the first things, as I'm sure you're very familiar with podcasts, I was um, this morning, I was listening to you on Tim Ferriss's show for the second time. I actually listened to that recording you had with, with him. Um, I remember distinctly, I suppose it was like a year, it was probably, that was like two years ago that you recorded that one, right? Yep. Yeah, it was right when it released, and I remember I was driving on my way to this gymnastics body studio in Denver called Awaken. Right, of yeah. course. Yeah, I was on Good my summer. way there, and I was listening to this podcast, and I was like, cool, acro yoga, this sounds like, sounds pretty fun. And I remember in this, um, well, I remember because I watched it again this morning, but y'all were actually doing a lot of acro poses, and I remember listening to this two years ago and having no earthly idea what y'all were talking about because I wasn't watching mm. the video, just listening. Right. But watching it again this morning was so funny just because I knew all the verbiage y'all were talking about and the poses you were doing, and it was just really cool to be able to hear that again. And, uh, and actually be able to follow along with that, that interview. I had no idea that it was going to be videotaped. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really interesting process of just being really enamored by Tim and what he had done uh, before I got to know him. But as soon as I got to know him, 
he's just another acroyogi. And I think that's one of the cool things about the practice is no matter who you are before you engage in the practice, when you engage in the practice, who you are to a large degree vanishes and you become present with this other human entity that is either going to be a base flyer or spotter and they're going to embody that role with the, the best degree that they can. And then when you come back to the earth and you reassess who you are now, you can get back into the starstruck energy and all the other things. But uh, it was really cool to be able to be in that space with him and to physically uh, embody the practice uh, and be able to speak about it. Yeah, when I was watching this, I, one thing you had said, which it reminds me very much of what you're talking about right now, you were, you put him into folded leaf, which is a position in acro yoga, which is very restorative. And you said something like, Tim has very like tight hips or something like that. It was, you were talking about his body and, and, and how he, oh, no, no, you said Tim likes traction. Uh-huh. So you were just talking about Tim Ferriss liking traction and it, and and I just loved how like how intimate that sounds it it's like you know his body and right. that's another thing about Acro I really love my my personal teacher I don't know if you know Laura Ziegler but she is a great teacher here in Boulder and um she, she whenever we do demos together she'll always just be like Madeline has really blah, blah shoulders. And it feels so intimate to have someone know your body who's just wanting to create something with you. It's, it's very, sure. I don't know. It's, it's what you're saying, but it's, I just love that feeling of someone like really being able to tune into your body to actually know what it likes and what it doesn't like. And you pay attention to each other and you try to work together to make sure everyone feels good and is comfortable and it's this even playing field like you were saying you can put away the star struckness and just be two people playing with your bodies together and for that to happen you have to become good at creating the safe space and to create a safe space everybody has to step up to that plate and we have any number of differing experiences in our life before we got to the moment where we're now creating safe space together so it's it's a really beautiful part of the practice that you get to become an amazing listener. And also when you become an amazing listener, one of those things you listen to yourself and what you need to be able to step into that place. And once you're there, the body is uh, a roadmap for so many different experiences, energies, past memories, injuries. The body holds all of the history of our life in it. So when you get to be in that place where you're exploring each other's bodies, most of the ways that we explore another person's body is sexually. And that's also an amazing journey. But there's so few people in the world that you get to go there with. So if you get to find the right practices and the right people, you can have an equally intimate non-sexual experience with somebody, explore their body deeply, and be able to land on the ground much more connected in a very beautiful way. Yes. Yes. I have so many things running through my head that I want to share with you. Um, Before we get to your background and your story, I just want to like... I want to um, make sure you understand how like profound this practice has been for me and my life and how you've indirectly changed so many things in my life through, through creating this and this community because 
I had I had so many issues and limiting stories and, and beliefs around physical contact and touch and just being like, I'm this hard bodybuilder and I'm just super tough. And this practice has helped me to trust, like you were just saying, creating a safe space. And it's been a gift in so many ways and teaching me, it's been teaching me this, this third kind of love for people. And it's, it sounds super woo woo when I try to describe this, but like there's friendship, which is great. There's romantic love, which is great. And I thought it was just those two and that's it. There's no really other kind of love. It's like friendship, family, and then like serious sexual romantic love that mm-hmm. you know you enjoy but th- but then acro has taught me like this intimate friendship this third kind of connection this third kind of love that i didn't know i could have with people it's like it's like i put away any thoughts about romance or any thoughts about um, well, we have to become the certain kind of friends now. We have to be friends together and call each other and this and that. What, that's great if that happens. But sometimes you just meet someone at a acro jam or an acro party. You don't even really know their name, but then you begin playing with them and you begin doing these poses together and, and trusting them and surrendering to them. You create something together in that moment, whether it be the connection or the, the trust together with a stranger or this intimate physical practice. And it's, a, it's in my mind, if, I don't know if it's coming out right. I'm sure you understand, but it's this third kind of love. <laughs> it's just like this love yeah. that I don't feel needs a label, but it's, it's pure and it's innocent and it's totally free of like, does this person like me? Do I like this person? Right. Or are we going to be friends? It's just this feeling of connection. And the thing about the word love, to me, it's the same as the word yoga. It's a four-letter word that seems like it's really simple to understand what it is, but it's super deep, and there's many different types. The Greeks, I'm not sure exactly how many different types of love, but an ophelios is the friendship love, eros is the erotic love. So there have been cultures throughout time that have been able to see that there are different layers of human connection and Uh, It is really beautiful to keep allowing ourselves as humans to go deeper and deeper in our love practices, in our ability to be deeply connected, super vulnerable. And again, it just keeps going back to the safer the space is, the more expansion is possible. And it doesn't mean that there's not going to be problems and things that hurt feelings and all these things. That's the human experience and the spectrum of being able to understand the extreme polar opposites and then all of the energy in between that energy in between is what yoga is it is what love is it's being able to see how far can i push the spectrum how far can i push that spectrum do i understand the totality of the potential i have to love humans and then where does this person sit on the spectrum where does this person sit and you can think about it but when you're in the experiential practice of it the mind takes a back seat and you're in an experiential place of being connected to another human, which is so much part of our birthright as humans that a lot of people have given up. Yeah, it really has this beautiful way of putting you into the moment without you having to really focus on being in the moment. Like it just, you you are in the moment when you're doing some sort of practice like this, like acro, and, and it's not a struggle. It just happens. It's so easy. Well, meditation and yoga, you're supposed to be present, but you don't have to be. 
when you're balancing the human on top of you, you have to be present. If you're not present, you drop them. So you get very clear gravitational feedback if you're not present. So that's kind of the difference. <laughs> that's so true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to, now that we've done this very nice long intro, uh, I want to rewind and go back into your story. And I know you have a very colorful experience with acrobatics and using your body and having this body awareness. So give us some insight into how you got to where you are now. Well, I am actually just coming off of a 10-day writing retreat where I'm uh, bringing a lot of my life story and experiential wisdom together. So it's very fresh content in my head. And basically, if I could answer that question with one word, I would say it's play. I have learned how to turn my life into play. And as soon as I started gymnastics, it was fun and I played with it. And then when I found partner acrobatics, same, same. So um, basically when I was nine, I saw the 84 Olympics. Those of you that can do the math, I'm 42. Um, And I was super inspired by seeing not only that the whole world gets together to watch these events, but that the U.S. gymnast won the gold medal. I'm like, all right, cool. That looks like fun. And then it wasn't until I was 12 that I found my first gymnastics class because my brother was taking classes. And I went to watch, but instead of watching, the coach invited me to try the class. And as soon as I jumped in, it was super fun. So I kept going with it. And I'll try to make you know a pretty long story as concise as possible. But basically... About six months into my traditional gymnastics training, I saw partner acrobatics for the first time. I saw somebody standing and holding another person in a handstand in their hands, and it just drew me in like nothing has before or since. I just saw it and thought, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Went straight to them and said, teach me. I want to learn this. And they started teaching me how to do it. So as a 12-year-old boy... I had a seven-year-old boy that was my partner, and I started to learn how to do partner acrobatics. And basically from 12 to 23 was my competitive gymnastics and partner acrobatics career. Throughout that career, basically I got to compete um, at Junior World Championships in China when I was 16, and I competed at many national competitions, and basically devoted my life to studying with some of the best acrobatic masters in the world. And that's, uh, you know, filled most of my life from 12 to 23. So I got very blessed to just have acrobatics in Sacramento, California, where I grew up because acrobatics in America is a very rare phenomenon to find. So I feel super fortunate that I just ran into the right people at the right time and kept following my passions. Having this background, this childhood upbringing with acrobatics and being able to play with other bodies, like being, you said, a 12, you were 12 and you're playing with seven-year-olds and y'all were creating this awesome art form together. What do you think that's brought you? Having that kind of connection with, with people at such a young age, what do you think that taught you early on that a lot of people don't learn until maybe later in their life, 20s, 30s, 40s? Well, it's something that we talked about already in this interview of just when you're in the moment doing acrobatics with somebody, who they were before or who they're going to be after vanishes. So the ability to be present with people 
is the innate gift to acrobatics. And I got to experience that at a young age, and I've continued to do that. And when you're fully present, you're not doing, you're experiencing. And if you ask children, what are you doing? They always have the same response. Nothing. You know, they don't want to get in trouble because they're probably doing something they shouldn't. But children are in that place of non-doing. And when you do acrobatics, there's a certain amount of learning and there's a certain amount of having to use the mind and the words and the logic. But when you really drop into the space of, of doing acrobatics, it's, it's a non-doing. It's an experiencing two people become the same entity. So a lot of what the yogis talk about with union and samadhi and bringing all these things into a beautiful place of enlightenment, when two people become one person, whether it's through sexual actions, whether it's through acrobatic actions, whether it's through business interactions, when when people merge, this connection is what we're designed to move towards. The merging, I love that. That's That describes exactly what I feel when I'm doing acro. It's this creation process. In the same way that right now, me and you are creating something together through this podcast, we're making a really awesome conversation to people for people to enjoy. That's the same thing that I feel acro provides is this moment where you're really building something and creating something in that present, in that presence. Okay, so actual the actual um, creation of acro yoga, how did this come to be? So when I competed in China when I was 16, I saw the best acrobats in the world. And I was super inspired by them. And I was also competitive. So it was like I wanted to beat all of them. And uh, basically, I won two bronze medals and a silver medal, which for a U.S. mixed pair back in 1991 was a big accomplishment. But what I saw was the way that the systems were designed in America to progress the, the students of acrobatics was not designed well. So... I came from gymnastics first and acrobatics second. And gymnastics is a very intelligent, linear, progressive system. Acrobatics back in the day wasn't. So I basically took about a year to develop a system of compulsory exercises that was based more in the gymnastics idea and showed up to the technical committee meeting with all of these pamphlets made up handed them out so the 17-year-old kid shows up to this big fancy meeting and basically the system that I presented was so much better than what existed even though the people that were at that meeting, a lot of them were the ones that created the old system, they had to implement it. So I started building progressive movement-based systems when I was 17 based on my experience in China, seeing the best in the world and trying to look at the highest level skills that were being done back then and work backwards. So I've, I've had a mind for being able to see the complicated and break it down into its individual pieces and then find systems that can train those individual pieces in an intelligent way. So I would say that's kind of the seed of where the, the growth of Acro Yoga has come from was my ability to distill systems so I've been traveling the world now for seven years full-time and 13 years part-time to give the acroyoga teachers around the world more tools and to also see what it is that they're learning from their students and their student bases. So to a large degree, how acroyoga has grown was 
having good systems, having progressive methods, and having a network of people around the world that can implement these ideas. And didn't you have you have co-founders, right? So how did you I do. how did you create this with them? When did you meet them, and, and who yes. are they again? So I met Jenny Sauerklein in San Francisco in 2003. We'd been hearing a lot about each other, and actually trained at the same circus training center. Um, and we have a lot of friends in common, so they kept telling us that we should meet each other. And basically, when we met. We dropped into this crazy vortex. We met at a party and did a physical share where I held her in a handstand on my hands, and she never thought she would do that. And then she put me into folded leaf, which is the therapeutic pose, and I never knew that I could relax while I was upside down. So from the physical practice, then we started talking about all the different skills that we had and all the different ways that we could invite people into a practice. Where they could become so much more in partnership than they could by themselves. So it was mixing partner yoga to have them learn how to stretch each other's muscles and breathe together, and using the therapeutic flying, which is very gentle and not technically difficult, to build trust and communication skills and lead them into acrobatics in a sequential way. So we were up until 5 a.m. brainstorming the practice and. The next week, I was teaching at the Circus Center in San Francisco a partner acrobatics class, and she became my co-teacher. And we started teaching, and never really looked back. It was a, a very explosive, fast, synergistic meeting. This is so fascinating. So you already knew about so folded leaf and a lot of the restorative side of acro yoga that already. Kind of existed, or did y'all build a lot of these poses that we know today to be a part of acro yoga? So a lot of the standard therapeutic poses had existed through contact yoga. Nateshvar was Jenny's teacher, and he basically came up with a lot of those poses. And then circus yoga, Kevin and Aaron were also teachers of Jenny that uh, continued that type of work. So what was innovated. Was I did a lot of flying transitions from one therapeutic pose to another to create a longer therapeutic sequence because basically, like in many massage positions, you can't keep people in a massage position position for a long period of time. There's usually some part of the body that doesn't want to be there. So when we came up with the flying transitions, somebody could stay in the air for up to 15 or 20 minutes. In a very beautiful dance.、Mm, okay, got it. And how does it make you feel to be able to take a step back and see what you've, you and her have like built this huge community now all over the world? Like these, this is what y'all started. How amazing is that? It's crazy, and there's so many different ways that I get reality checks. While my grandma was still alive, my Mexican grandma. She saw Acroyoga on ESPN, and it was an interview that I did years ago in Mexico, and I had no idea that it was going to be televised in Mexico. But my grandma saw me on television doing Acroyoga, and when that happened, I was like, "Wow, <laughs> it's getting places I never thought it would." Another really random one: I was in an island in Greece, and there was this mud. And you're supposed to, you know, get naked and put the mud all over your body. So I'm naked. I put the mud all over my body. And this woman walks up to me and she's like, "You're the guy in the acro yoga book. I have your book." 
<laughs> I just started laughing. Like, okay, true, but I'm naked and I have mud all over me. <laughs> nice to meet you, but thank you. That's awesome. I love that. That's great recognition. So one yeah. of one of the things I wanted to, um, I kind of told you a little bit about this before the call, but I want to touch on this in the interview. A big part of my message today is helping people come to realize that they have a masculine energy within them and they have a feminine energy within them. And their masculinity is that ability, as you are familiar with, to summon your own strengths, your your own supports, your ability to protect. You know, it's the, it's the pushing out in the life. It's the sun. It's the vibrancy. So it's in acro yoga, you have the solar. It's the very active poses and it requires stability, right? And, and that's the same energy we have within ourselves alongside the feminine, which is that moon energy. It's the emotional health and it's the creativity and it's the surrendering and the trust. And I did a retreat recently called The Feminine Surrender and I used acro yoga in the retreat as this physical practice. Yeah, I thought you'd like this. As this physical way to teach the women there about what we were discussing about the feminine and the masculine. So we had these workshops where we talked about how to be a goddess warrior and like be the softness, but also be the strength. And then I was like, okay, so everyone pull out your mats because now we're going to feel what that's like (laughs) with each other. Awesome. And I had this super strong vision about this retreat because the girls who come, the women who come, generally are very similar to the way I used to be, very standoffish, a little bit on the harder side, feeling distant from human touch and connection. And I was like, wow, how amazing would that be to teach them about these two energies within them, the yin and the yang, and then help them learn to trust each other, especially a house full of women, right? Like there's one thing when you're going into an acro yoga practice and you're like, I'm a woman and I'm going to jump on this man with big feet who I know I can trust and who's going to catch me if I fall. And then there's another woman there that's like, Hey, I can base you. And then you have those thoughts of, Oh my gosh, but you're not a man. And should I trust you to base me and blah, 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 blah. And then you do it and you realize that they're super strong and sturdy and you can totally trust them. But that right. inner dialogue happens. And so I was thinking, how cool would this be if I got this room full of women where all of them took turns being the space, all of them took turns being the flyer and to surrender. And this vision just came to life. And it was one of the most incredible things I've ever created in retreats. Wow. And I'm, I'm so grateful just for it. Like, That's awesome. For you, for so many different reasons. But... I wanted to see what you had to say about this feminine masculine um, practice within acro yoga. Do you feel what I'm what I'm talking about as well? It's uh, it's so cool how many different things happen in life at different moments. So my spiritual awakening, if you will, happened in college when I was studying an Asian philosophy class my last semester of college, and this is before I was going to go be a stock trader and do do the normal life thing. And I started to learn about Taoism. And for those of you that haven't ever studied Taoism, Lao Tzu, it's 84 chapters, it's a short book, pick it up, it's going to confuse you in ways that you never knew you could be confused and distill wisdom that is so important for all humanity. So 
basically I'm doing a writing retreat now and my friend gave me an audiobook on Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee is talking so much about Taoism and basically the yin yang symbol you have masculine and feminine and the Tao is the connection of these two things and one of the things that he said so clearly in his book was without the man and the woman there is no life so they are opposites but they are complements and they cannot live without each other and just that phrase you know i'm riding my bike around mexico and i'm seeing a bird fly around and i'm seeing a coconut tree and i'm seeing all these different things that if they didn't have the masculine and the feminine energy they would not exist so it's not just which one do you identify with it's can you identify the reality that without those two extremes there is no life so what i love in acro yoga one of the shirts that we've never made but jenny and i talked about back in the day is acro yoga strong women sensitive men and that is what the practice does is it allows you to really move towards the soft really move towards the strong and then know for every interaction that you have you're going to find your perfect place on that spectrum depending on who you're working with and depending on what you're trying to achieve. Wow, that what that answer was beyond my wildest expectations. Thank you. I do what I can. I'm no, trying that, to impress. That was so perfect and and I love that you just pointed out riding your bike and seeing how this is showing up. When I think about it, I didn't even really think about this before because I always say like the masculine is the sun and the feminine is the moon. But like when you really look at those two planets, like when you see them, it's like, whoa, that is the man and that is the woman. And like you said, no matter what you identify with, you have this within yourself. It's there. It's existing. It's going on whether or not you're taking time to really see it and look at it. And that shirt idea is freaking phenomenal. So I would love good, if you right? made those. We yes. should. We totally should. Oh, yeah. I think those would do really well at uh, Divine Play and all the festivals you guys are doing. And the thing, too, I love the sun-moon uh, analogy. It's very much part of uh, Mexican folklore. The moon moves the tides. It moves the water. It's not weak. It's just soft and subtle. And there's so many instances in acro yoga where softness and, softness and subtleness wins. And whenever I do acrobatics and whenever I teach acrobatics, I'll usually at some point talk about receptivity being the first place. So a lot of times if you're about to do a big acrobatic move, you're already tensing your muscles before you do anything. And in the beginning of an acrobatic move, especially if it's a really high-level move, you want to be super soft because in that place of receptivity, in that place of listening, in that lunar place you can be in the right place when your force, when your fire, when your dynamic energy comes. But if you don't listen first, you're going to put your energy in a place that's not 100% aligned and skillful. So the lunar is always the place to start whenever you want to be super dynamic. You know, whether it's martial arts, whether it's, I haven't done this before, but I would imagine military. You know, if you're shooting a gun, you don't want to start by holding the gun super strong. You want to soften. You want to make sure that you're in the right place, make sure that you're doing the right thing, and that's the feminine intelligence. For anyone listening that wants to look up these poses, there's this one pose called free shoulder stand, and with what you're talking about, every time, not every time now, I've learned how to be receptive, but when I was first learning this, I would just tighten up my shoulders and then scrunch them, and it made it really challenging 
mm-hmm. for the base to feel comfortable with their wrists in this pose. And so they'd say, soften your shoulders, soften your shoulders. And that's kind of how many of us are living life. We're just raising our shoulders up and we're super tense and we're super tight mm-hmm. because that's the way we think that we can get through life if we just stay really rigid Whereas rigid is not the pure version of the masculine. It's, it's strength. It's not obsessive structure and hardness. It's strength. And so being able to combine also um, knowledge, which is very masculine, with wisdom, which is feminine. And they're both, they both have an equal place that's very much needed. And so in acro, you have your masculine knowledge, which means this information that you're learning, this data that you're gathering. So when you go to classes, you learn more about the optimal way to do things or you're, you're getting knowledge from other people who have experience with acro beyond what you have. But then you also use your innate bodily wisdom. What feels good in your body? How does, how does your body want to move in this moment? How can you go basically go with the flow in these poses and be soft about it while also using the knowledge that you're learning about how to make these poses feel better. And you said it right when you said bodily knowledge. So I've been looking at this now for 10 days, all these different uh, triads, because basically it's the poles and then it's the thing that balances it. So it's yoga, acrobatics, and healing. It's masculine, feminine, and life. And to be able to look at the different ways that you combine the poles, the knowledge is the mind and the wisdom is the body. So to be able to know something theoretical, that's not going to be as powerful as when it becomes embodied wisdom. And embodied wisdom is definitely a feminine characteristic. And the theories and the expansion, the sky is the male, the earth is the female. So all these Eastern philosophies that, you know, sound really cool when you read them on your tea bags in the morning actually have a lot of relevance to the way that we can live our lives and the way that we can interact with other people. Before I forget, what is the name of Bruce Lee's book? Oh, Shiza. Uh, Shiza. The Warrior Warrior Within, I think. Okay, cool. I want to put that in the show notes for this. It's so good. It's so good. I'm only halfway into it and I already need to buy it so I can you know, carry it around with me around the world and just keep underlining things. That's how I get. I'll listen to an audio book and then I'm like, I need this book in my hands now because I need to highlight it up. Yeah. What do you think, what advice would you give someone who's listening to this and they're like, acro yoga sounds really fun, but then they get on Instagram and they watch all this acro yoga stuff and then they get nervous and then they think they can't do it. What advice would you tell people who are listening in and want to give it a shot, but don't really know where to start or feel nervous about starting? Well, I mean, the only thing that you have to lose is your fear. So fear can be an amazing uh, thing to make us move more mindfully and to help us not put ourselves in a lot of risk. But when you're ready to lose your fear, fear can be converted into joy super rapidly in the practice. So one thing I would say is find two friends because if you find two friends, you have this amazing triad of base flyer spotter. And as soon as you have those friends with you and you have one person who's going to be the sturdy base, one person who's going to be the brave flyer and one person who's going to be there to make sure the flyer is safe, 
this triad is the basis of all community interactions. So what you're going to learn in this triad is how to listen to different people's ideas and how to move forward step by step into more and more synergy and expansion. Yeah. Three is the magic number for this. It is. And before uh, we go into the quick fire round, I, I do want to comment on this, this aspect of communication. Just to reiterate what you're saying, um, I find that the throat chakra is very much blocked up for a lot of people, specifically women, because that's who I, I spend most of my time with um, in, my, in my work, and, and feeling like, I don't know, you probably haven't experienced this, but I, I went at my retreat, I was talking to the women, and I was like, when have you, have you ever been to go get a massage? And the masseuse was super hard, or they were, they were rubbing too tensely, and you, you were in pain, but you didn't want to speak up. And every single woman raised her hand. And then I just kind of popcorned around like, why? And I heard answers like, because they, they probably know what they're doing more than me because I didn't want to be needy, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's so true. So often in life, we get nervous to speak our needs or communicate our feelings because we're afraid it sounds needy or we're wrong. And our brains are saying, here's all the reasons why that's not correct. And... I have found with Acro, another reason why I've fallen in love with it is because it's helped me to speak up if something feels unsafe or if something hurts or if a foot is in the wrong position, simply learning how to say, hey, this is in the wrong place or hey, can we come down and try this again? It's given me the confidence to go out into the world and feel less judgment about my own needs, whether it be this coffee order wasn't right and being able to say, hey, could you make the right order? Or if it's something that I need to communicate with someone I'm seeing because we're not having clarity about the relationship, I've gained so much confidence in learning how to talk in this practice and communicate because I realize that what I need to say is validated. It's, it's there for a reason. And then going out in the world and, and then doing that more. Yeah. Well, communication, like most things, is like a muscle. It needs to be exercised to get strong. And the good news about acrobatics is when you're doing acrobatics, there's risk involved. So you don't have the moment to be a yoga teacher and to say, uh, on a beautiful Sunday morning when the sun is out and the birds are chirping, I need you to extend your left arm. It's extend your arm, arm straight. Mm -hmm. So you get to condense down uh, a lot of the flowery language into very direct communication. Um, and I think as well, one of the things that's really beautiful about the practice is you can and should switch roles between base flyer and spotter. So when you're the spotter and you can watch a base and a flyer interacting and you can tell that the flyer is not comfortable, but they're not saying anything, then you go and you become the flyer and you're not uncomfortable. You're not comfortable. And you say, Hey, can you do this? And then you watch that interaction. So when people get to change vantage points, I think it empowers them to be more authentic. And I know I keep coming back to this again and again, but I think that it's the theme of our conversation. It's safe space. If you're in a safe space, you're going to communicate what you need. And if you really understand the intentions of the people that you're with, if you know that the massage therapist wants you to feel good, there's no reason why you would withhold that information. But if you think the massage therapist is doing something because they're smarter than you about what you need, 
And this happens in medicine, it happens in massage, where you, as the person who owns the health of your, or should own the health of your body, you surrender that will to somebody else. And you're like, okay, you're a massage therapist, you know what's best. Or you're a doctor, you know what's best. I am at your will. And that is a very dangerous place to uh, navigate your life because you are the only one that has to deal with repercussions of the decisions you make about your body. And one of my friends says it super well. He's like, the only way that you can be, the only way that you can get a bad massage is if you're a bad massage receiver. So you have to get good at receiving a massage. And for me, this is one of the things that I'm still working on. I've been in this practice since it began 13 years ago, and I don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. So if I trust them and I know they're not going to be offended by what I say, I'll say it. But I still will be receiving massage that I don't like and not say anything because I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I think it, it's really important that before you enter into a healing environment, you make sure that there are some ground rules that are set so you can have that flow of communication. Yes, I'm so glad you pointed that out. That That's, yes, exactly. And another thing I have noticed is um, saying I'm sorry. Like if you do something incorrectly and saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's another thing, learning how to let go of that and feeling like there's no expectations. I've got a good one for that, and it's going to change the country of Canada. <laughs> substitute the word surprise for I'm sorry. It makes everybody laugh. It's so much better. So next time you're about to say sorry, surprise. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't yeah, even think of that. Okay, I'm going to yeah. bring that here back to pocket. Boulder. Put it in the back pocket. Okay, yeah, I'm going to be, I have a jam tonight, so I'm going to start doing that. Surprise. Cool. I can't wait. <laughs> I That's normally... the first word. That's the first word I want to hear out of your mouth when I meet you in Boulder next year. I'm going to say surprise. Surprise. Um, I started doing this really weird thing. I might not come across correctly on uh, on just audio, but I'm going to try it anyways. I don't know why I started doing this, and I didn't mean to. But I have this friend, Heather, and I practice with her a lot. Uh, we're about the same size, so we just get to switch between bass and flyer very easily. But every time yeah. I did something wrong, I'd always go, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is really weird. And I don't know why. And then, then I was getting annoyed with myself because every time I had to come down, I would just go, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, why am I doing this? But it made us laugh because it was better than I'm sorry, I suppose. But surprise, that's, that's really good. You know what? If you're having fun, you're winning. And a lot of mm -hmm. people wait to win until they achieve goals. And I think this is one of the secrets that's not a secret because I'll say it to anyone that I, that I talk to about this. You have to find what you love about life and then you have to find ways to incorporate that. So if when I do acro yoga, I'm not able to blah, 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 or, or say mm -hmm. whatever I want to say or express what I want to express, it's not going to be fun. So to be able to be authentic and to have fun as you're learning how to do these strange poses that, you know, help you get likes on Instagram. This is, this is what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's really all about play. I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to. This has provided for me a childlike playfulness again that I've lost contact and touch with. And the minute I go into to acro mode, I go into like five-year-old Maddie mode and I'm just exactly. a kid again having fun and I start laughing about things that I would never laugh about. Like they just all of a sudden become funny, just being playful, like falling down totally. in fun ways is like cracks me up and I'm just a kid and it's, I just, I love it. And one of the things that really um, 
shifted my my worldview is at, it was 2007, I believe, where I did my first world tour, where I taught in China and Japan, India, Germany, Greece, all over the place. Like I couldn't have had a more diverse population to experiment with acro yoga. And what I saw again and again was humanity is so much more similar than different. And sure, language is different, food is different, culture is different, religion is different, but the human experience is the same. We want to be supported, we want to be challenged, we want to be playful, and this practice incorporates, it's basically like a human multivitamin. You do the practice and you're going to be filled and healthy on a lot of levels. Wow, yeah. I experienced that in my in at Divine Play when I was there. I, I really did feel like I was connecting with all these people that I thought we were so different. This person has purple hair. This person comes from this country, and like, no, we were all craving the same thing, and we all had this mutual interest that brought us together into laughter and playfulness and connection and growth and facing fears and and being okay with that. Yeah. So. Last thing before we go into the quick fire round where I'll just ask you a few questions. What what stuff do you have come up coming up? What um, festivals or retreats or immersions do you want people to know about? Let's see. Um, one thing that's going to be super fun is I'm going to Puerto Rico to teach a lunar immersion, which is the therapeutic flying and Thai massage. And we're going to be donating 20% of the proceeds to Solar Power, basically my friend who lives in Puerto Rico, I don't think a lot of Americans know that island was demolished and there's still a lot of places that don't have electricity, don't have running water. So the ability not only to go there and, and teach this, but what we're going to do is on day five, we're going to go out and massage a bunch of people that were affected. So I'm super excited about being able to uh, offer opportunities for people to get on the ground and help people that were affected by what happened in Puerto Rico. So that's one. I would say divine play is one of the best things to just put on the calendar because it's always the biggest gathering of acroyogis on planet Earth, and it happens in Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah, a lot of the other things that I'm doing are teacher trainings and festivals all over the world. So if you're really hooked on acroyoga, you can find me in Rio de Janeiro, you can find me in Berlin, you can find me in Athens. I'll be bouncing around the globe to do more acro shenanigans because that's what I do. Yay! Yes, Divine Play is so much fun. I can't wait till next year, um, the next yeah. one. And uh, like I was telling you, I will see you in Boulder for the solo immersion here because I I want to get teacher certified. That's on my bucket Let's list. Let's do it. Yeah, I want to do I want to do the immersions that are required this year, and then awesome. Maybe just do the teacher training as soon as possible afterwards. Well, it's just so maybe, fun. Maybe maybe you're going to come to Puerto Rico. Oh, I would love that. It's yeah. in March. March. Okay. I'm going to have a link to that on the show notes for this as well. But that sounds like I don't even know what could be better than that. Just everything you just said. That sounds phenomenal. Boom. Yeah. Coconuts mm. will be involved and beaches. Oh, yeah. That's the lunar one. And then the, the solar one's here. So maybe yeah, that's, that's your backyard. perfect. Boom, boom. Okie Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look that up. All right. So quick fire round. Just whatever pops in your head first. Cool. What are two things on your bucket list? Whew. Galapagos and having sex in outer space. Oh, yeah. That's a really good one. 
<laughs> I didn't filter. It came in. I was going to filter it, but I didn't have anything else. But I was thinking it too. I have thought those things. I would love to All see right. what that's like. Um, well, what's who your... knows? Maybe this is the first date. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's amazing. I love that. You're blushing. Um, I am too. I'm anyway. so blushing right now. What is your spirit animal if you had to choose? It's a combination. It's a bunny, rabbit, monkey, dolphin. Sweet. Yes. More of that, please. Um, what is one must-read book? Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. What's one thing that's non-negotiable in your morning routine? Go and pee. <laughs> Amen. What little pleasure brings you immense joy? Drinking tea. What's something you cannot live without? Friendship. What's something you want to live without? My cell phone. What's your favorite meal right now? Mexican food. Last question. What is something everyone should try at least once in their life? Swimming in the ocean naked. Have I done that? I don't know if I've done that. I don't think it's, I've done that. It's pretty amazing. I'm actually looking at the ocean right now. I need to do this. It's like... But on the, you, you, that's one of your two bucket lists. Yeah. Have sex in outer space and swim naked in the ocean. Maybe that could be the next date after sex in outer space. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know everyone listening probably has this spark to go out and try acro yoga now because of all the awesome. beautiful, amazing things we just talked about. So I just have to tell you, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, and I had no idea that you were an acro yogi or a fan of the practice, and it really means a lot to me that you're invested to share the practice on your podcast, and I'm sure you fly your friends, so... Thank you for helping to get this message out. And I'm really inspired by you helping women become more empowered and more able to live a beautiful, full life. That's what we all have the potential to do. I'm honored. Thank you. That means a lot to me. And anytime, I mean, I'm just, obviously, I'm such a fan of everything you have built and created. And I'm. it's an honor to be able to extend that and to introduce people who don't know about it yet. So you've got a fan over here. And awesome. I look forward to connecting with you in person very soon. Sounds great. Well, I thank you for your time. Everyone, if you want to check out all the links for this episode, it is episode 185 with Jason Niemer, where we talk all about acro yoga. While you're there, you can download your free gift that I have on the web page right there, Four Pillars of Femininity for Perfectionists. And that's all we have today. I hope to see you guys next week. 